Welcome to the Next Generation Podcast Show with Wazza and Dan. How you going, buddy? Not bad, mate. And our first pre-game podcast. Yes, on a Saturday. We would have usually come to you on a Wednesday, but for unforeseen circumstances, we're doing it today. So hopefully enjoy. And you could probably listen to this on the way to the game today. What do you reckon? I will be. On the bus. On the bus, yeah, yeah, well... I'll probably be asleep waiting for the game, mate. <laughs> 6.10, I don't know what to do with myself during the day now. <laughs> hey, before we get underway, I just want to give a big shout-out and a thanks to both to Gaffy and Ollie from Go Footy, who let me fill in for Gaffy last week on RTRFM. Hopefully you tuned in. It was a real blast, and I enjoyed it immensely. Uh, speaking about the Go Footy guys, we have a joint uh, tipping competition, the TNG Go Footy competition. Uh, the top five places for that are Nick Nat Hearn. He's a good guy from what I've heard. He's on uh, 22 points. Then you got Eagle Boy second with 20. C Salvati with 19. That's Gaff. She's a nice chick. Uh, Roger on 19 and Jimmy on 19. He's in the top five. Uh, the Dream Team guys, well, that started off last week. The top three, I'm down the bottom, so I'm not taking much interest in it. But um, Johnny, who's old EC, he's on top with 2,100. Bruce, the old Cardies with 2,090. And some guy called Daniel with Flaming Penguins on uh, 2040. I've actually heard that Flaming Penguins is the one to watch this year, was I? That's just the word going around. Yeah, I heard that ain't fly, but... (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we'll just get into some uh, footy news now with the injury updates. Um, Liam Duggan, well, we know he's not on the injured list because he's back into this week's side. More of that later. Brennan Archie, he's uh, one week away, and it's funny because last week the list said he was three weeks away. Uh, so I don't know how much credence we can take from these uh, injury lists. Oscar Allen, he's only a week away. Hamish Brayshaw, one of your favourites, he's five weeks. That could blow out, depends if they surgery. Well, that's a good sign with Hamish Brayshaw because we know it was the knee, and um, that's kind of what we were actually hoping for. Um, if it was a big operation or anything like that, it would be a lot longer. Um, but, yeah, five weeks, see how, how it goes, and hopefully he's back. One I like the look of is Nathan Vardy, two weeks. Last week it was four or more, so, again, this list, how much credence do we give to it? If it's only two weeks, it's going to be a good thing for the Eagles. Uh, Tony Alongo, the ruckman that we got on the rookie list, he's a couple of weeks away. He hasn't trained with us yet. And Eric McKenzie, well, it looks like it could be a nightmare season for him because there's no news on him at all. And unfortunately, one of everyone's favourites, crowd favourites, Liam Ryan, out for 12 weeks, mate. Up to 12 weeks. Yeah, that was horrible to, to see, but I don't know how it was for people actually live watching the game. I thought it was a knee. Well, that's what it was like on mm. TV. We had no idea. We saw his leg bend awkwardly as he slid in under him, and then we saw him not get up. So live on TV, panic stations basically... Um, and then when he walked off, watching the replay, you can see he grabbed his ankle, but you didn't know what was going on until we seen him ice the ankle. So 10 to 12 weeks, not great, but at the same time, it could have been a lot, lot worse. But the club, again, said it's an ankle. They haven't said if it's a fracture, a break, a tendon, a ligament. Uh, I'd love to know what's going on. Not much detail, but it's a fracture. So you ne- it pop. And then next week, we'll look on the list, and it'll probably be six weeks. <laughs> well, let's hope so. Like... <laughs> Um, some milestones this week and um, Lacra, Mark Lacra, 
200 games. He's kicked 417 goals. That's a good career so far. Um, that's brilliant. And a great thing about Lecrae is he's on the front of the footy magazine this week. Yep. So that was great to see because, let's be honest, uh, there was a chance that maybe he wouldn't be on front and someone else would be. So it's great to see the great man Lecrae on there. Yeah, it's interesting they've gone they're pushing Lacroix more than Nick Nat, but with Nick Nat, he's got his 150th and he becomes the 83rd life member for the Eels. So congrats to Nick Nat and let's hope he can get up to the 200 like Lecker. All right, let's jump into the game last week against the Cats. I think we gave everyone a bit of a scare there in the third quarter. Eagles ran out 14-11-95 to Geelong 11-14-80, so margin of 15 points. Um, yeah, we got off to a great start. Didn't get it on the scoreboard. Four goals, nine at one stage. After that, surprisingly, we kicked ten goals, two. So that's a bit different. But, um, yeah, it's just... It, that third quarter was an abomination, I think. Um, we went to sleep. Geelong got their run, got their patterns right, worked us behind the ball. And um, if it wasn't for the three injuries, I guess it could have been a different story. Oh, very well could have been. But let's be honest, they had all their players on the park in the first half, especially the first quarter, and they didn't do well when we had momentum. So that's a bit of a foresight kind of thing. I Don't get me wrong, I'm saying it did help us, but it's not guaranteed that Geelong would win if that didn't happen at the same time. But I look at that game, and it's just, in a nutshell, that's footy nowadays, isn't it? Momentum swings. You it said happens, it, momentum. It happens yep. all the time. And realistically, we only lost one quarter. We lost it badly, but yeah, momentum swings. It's when it's in your favour, you've got to capitalise. And to be honest, I didn't know how I felt about that first half. Yes, we won, but I knew Geelong would come back. Yep. And as you touched on, so many waste opportunities. I felt we should have already had that game in the bag then, yep. being 50 points up or something, you know, because we didn't put them at the sword when we should have. And I think we uh, allow open the door so much for Geelong when they had momentum to come back like they did. And look, you just said it, the modern game is momentum. And you watch most games, even last night's game against uh, Collingwood and uh, Adelaide, you know, Collingwood had the swing of the game. But early in the second quarter, you know, Crows had a bit of a momentum swing, but they didn't put it on the board. So, But the funny thing is, it the momentum, sorry, last night's game as well, the momentum changed again. Mm. And I think late in the game, I think it was our third quarter, the same thing happened. Yep. Suddenly, Cats, uh, sorry, Crows looked really good for a second and they kicked three consecutive goals. It's like, oh, will they come back? So, yeah, that's just the yeah. modern game now. That's modern game. Uh, the best players out of that uh, Eagles and Geelong game, well, the papers had Sheed, Gaff, Shuey, Hearn, Ryan, Lacrosse, and they had Shepard as best in ground. Now, I love Shep. I've always spoken highly of him, but I didn't think that was one of his better games, personally. Uh, it's it's funny because I find... Coughed up three goals. Yes, it, maybe he did, but it's Mistakes. funny. When you compare watching a game live to watching a game on TV, I find it's almost like you're watching a different and, game. And that's true. And... On TV, you saw these close-ups of himself putting his body on the yep. line. So it's not his disposal efficiency that gave him best on ground. Was, he he was a wounded warrior during that oh, game. Oh, yeah, he, he got a corky. his body in, on the line, and he did yep. it again and again and again. So that's why they gave him best on ground, to reward that courage. But personally, for me, the thing I was most excited about that game was you look at Sheed, he had a couple of goals. Redden had a goal. Shuey had a goal. Gaff had a goal. Our midfielders 
are chipping in and kicking goals. Yep. That's a great sign. I, I had Gaffey on as best on ground. It's funny that... After I watched it, because I, like I said, I, I watched it at watched the ground, it. and I said Sheed was best on ground when I was at the ground. Yep. When I watched it on TV again in on my record, um, I had Gaffey miles ahead of everyone. It's amazing that he didn't poll well on a lot of the social media sites. You know, we do our own mm. one on the next generation. Join in if you haven't already, people. But... Yeah, that's sort of I. I made that comment. He was fourth or fifth in line in the votings, and I was like, I don't think people appreciated how much of a special game he almost played. Twenty nine disposals, kicked a goal, but he's he's getting a lot more contested and, ball. And he did what everyone wants him to do: get yeah. in the guts, get the ball, contested tackle and goals. I don't think he's. And on then a when he does it, people don't notice it. They're putting him in the guts. I don't <laughs> think he's on the wing anymore. Um, but we'll touch on this a bit later. But yep. if he's not on the wing anymore, bring in Partington. For his role, but we'll talk about that a bit later. I've got a different person, but you know yes. who it is. <laughs> um, going on about the TNG uh, Eagle of the Year, the uh, votes went Shep three, She two, and Nick Nat one. And overall, Nick Nat and Herney Bunger are in the lead with four. So let's do some talking points from the game. Um, we've already touched on a few of them, but Jake Waterman that shows you why we picked him. He stood up, he was awesome, and uh, just for a guy of his age to have 20 possessions, nine marks, he was eye-catching. And um, I actually thought he was our best forward. He's a funny one, isn't he? Can we call him a second-year player? I don't feel like we can because he was injured last year and didn't play yeah, for I, I, So, effectively, he's almost like a first-year yeah. player. And he's another one of our young stocks that has come in this year and had an impact. 20, 20 disposals. He did great. And he didn't impact the scoreboard, but his link work was amazing. Oh, it was brilliant. Um, and... That's great from a young kid. And I'm glad that they persisted in keeping him in the team this yep. week, even though JK come back in. And that gives me the feeling that he might just play a different role again this week and might be in the midfield. Anyway, we'll go to the second point, which is we talk about these guys quite a lot every week, but Scott Lysett and Nick Natanui, pardon the pun, they're becoming the big weapon for us. And it's amazing that these guys hardly played or didn't play footy last year and what a difference to the team they are. It's amazing. We keep talking about them because they keep performing, don't they? Um, and it's funny because in their own right, they're both great tap ruckmen. They usually always win the hitouts. But I look at them, and even though they're both contested, like you know, aggressive plays, so to speak, with their tackles, I find they're such polar opposites. Yeah, they are. I find Scott Lysett the more aggressive one, will lay more tackles a game. His presence around the ball is quite solid. But then Nick Nat is the X factor. Still lays tackles, but it's just the pressure people perceive when he's around is immense, isn't yeah. it? And so polar opposites, but yet both so such unique plays to the side. I saw on uh, one of the websites, I think it might have been the AFL website, and they have their like highlights, and it's a, a picture in the uh, video of Nick Nat going up for the ruck, taps the ball down, and Gary was just about to get the ball. And Ab, um, Nick Nat just grabs it, does a spin and walks away. And the look on Ablett's face was like, yeah. what the? He was shocked, like, wasn't he? He was like, oh, my God. He was like in awe of it, saying, how did he just do that? So uh, That highlight, though, um, again, you might not have noticed at the game, he got pinned for holding the ball there. But I felt that ball came out in the contest and it wasn't a tackle. But that's just another thing. That I just that threw him off because that play ended in a free kick to the Cats. Oh, did it? Yeah, they oh. pinned him holding the ball. But, yeah, it was such a high. And he wasn't actually tackled. It's like they bumped into each other and the ball spilled out. But, oh. Yeah, just a funny side note to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've briefly touched on uh, Gaffey in the guts. But I thought, you know, everyone was worried about how we're going to go in the midfield. 
with um, Mitchell going and Pritters going. But Redden's doing all right. Sheed's doing all right. Yoey, when he gets chucked in the guts, is 10 times better. When he was in the run with run with role last week, yeah. I, I didn't think he had much influence. He didn't have any influence until the last quarter of the game. But when he's in the guts, he's so crucial to us, I think. So hopefully they play him a bit more in there. Jets is even getting a bit of a run in there. And I'd like to see Jets this week go on one of their ball players, maybe like Aaron Hall. Yep. It was kept the five possessions last week and get taken to the ball and then use his pace to come off. Almost go head to head. I'll ask you a question with Yo. I'll touch on him first. There was a lot of debate should we keep him in the back midfield? I think you were similar to me. He was dangerous half backman. But after last week's game, have you changed your mind? Because as you said, in the last quarter, they moved in midfield. It was dominant. And I only bring this up. Because personally, I think I have changed. I would prefer him in the guts. Because I've noticed, and what they did very effectively, Cats, was they've uh, you know singled him out as a dangerous player. So they pulled him, pulled him back. Wide. And, and wide. Yep, wide and back yep. and made him very accountable yep. player. So he, they made him play a very defensive role and it let him rebound or be a loose player. And I found a lot of teams will try and nullify his effect in the back line now where they would have a harder time doing that in the mid. And in that last quarter... God, he really stepped up. So I think I've actually changed Yeah, him, I have too. And I want him in the guts. I want now. him in the guts because he's a big body, and that's what we're screaming out for. I've been saying it all year. We need that one big body in there, yep. and he's got that, and he's proven he can do it. But, yep, I've changed my mind there. But And with Duggan back in the team, he can slot back into the halfback. Yep. So yep. I think Yo's a better midfielder option than Duggan is. That's my opinion. I think... See, this is hard because I agree somewhat, but then I think Yo's a better half-backman than he is Duggan. It's just they've worked out Yo and they've singled him out as a player they need to nullify. So give him a fresh lease on life and bring him out of there. Well, who knows? They might swap them over going through the games like they always do because no one really ever plays a set position these days. Uh, quickly, we'll just touch on Geelong. Uh, Eagles, you know hit the inside 50, 60 times against the Cats, and they're doing that every week, 60 times. So that's good because they're getting great supply. We probably wasted it with uh, the Geelong game in the first half, but the second half was more, you know, 10 goals too. We can't complain with that, but at least we're getting it inside 50s that many times because if you're going to get inside 50, 60 times, you get a good chance of winning a game. That's our pattern this year. I think I've touched on this before. Last year... A lot of times we would win games and have less inside 50s. But our pattern this year is we're actually winning the inside 50 count pretty much, I think, almost every game, if not every game. And it'll be very interesting to see now we've got our big man JK back if we can capitalise on that. Um, personally, I don't, you know, temper expectations here because May is one of the best backmen in the comp and that's who JK's coming up against in his first game. So it might you might not see immediate results now with these larger inside 50s yep. and our big man back, but I'll be interested to see how the year plays out now. Geelong have got me worried. I had them in the top two at the start of the year, and I know it's only round three, but they have got me worried because they already lost Ablett, they've lost Guffrey. Both of them are pretty good players to them. They haven't got many players in the back line. They need to start stringing some games along, otherwise they're going to be in real trouble. Well, we both had them high. but I had Adelaide high remember, as well. And after you probably last remember this whole conversation we had about this. On paper, their team's great, but their high end talent carries that side. And I think we had a whole segment on if they lose their top end talent, just a one or two, they're not going to be the same side. And that's exactly what's happened. Dangerfield didn't play round one, 
Ablett got injured against the Eagles, and they don't travel well anyway, so with all three there, they still didn't have the same impact. Now, who knows? They're not even saying how long he'll be injured. He'll be two, three weeks, I think, at the minimum, like, at the at least. At least. Yeah, so without them three there, they're not that dangerous side, and that's what we touched on. On paper, if they got a healthy list, they'll be one of the strongest teams in the comp. They're dangerous they're at home. Now. They're dangerous at home, but they should be. Yeah, but they won't. I don't feel they'll be as dangerous without now, them true. on the park too, so it'll be very interesting to see. I'm at the stadium last week. Um... Each week you go there, you find pros and cons of the um, stadium. But for me, and it's been spoken about by a lot of people on radio, social media, on TV, the atmosphere was electric. It was unbelievable. And when Eagles got on top in that last 10 minutes of the last quarter, I've never heard a crowd that loud ever. It was unbelievable. I was was just standing on... Well, you know, everyone was standing. Everyone was into it. It was just brilliant. And I have to just give it to the stadium that they've designed that well because it keeps the sound in. It's brilliant. It's like a perfectly designed amphitheatre, isn't it? It was really, awesome. really gets the sound out there pitch and perfect. I, and I know a lot of people have been complaining that the PA is too loud, but it's actually, because I know somebody does the PA there, it's actually the same level as Seabacco. It just sounds a lot louder because of the acoustics. All right, um, that's enough about the uh, Eagles in the Geelong game. We're briefly just going to talk about East Perth. Um, I did say it on uh, the podcast the week before that they'd probably bounce back and beat West Perth and they did convincingly. So it shows you that footy's all above the shoulders. It's all in the head. If you're going to go in there and you want to play and with determination and heart, you're going to win. Um, Fraser McGuinness is having a great year. Um, I don't know where he's going to seat in the uh, Eagles lineup, but at East Perth, he's having a great year. He was probably best in ground again. Uh, from my from my opinion, uh, Luke Partington was pretty good. Carpenter stepped up, but Carpenter needs to do that on a regular basis, and he needs to do it when they're losing as well. Jared Brander, I think you, you touched on it during the week. He had a pretty good game, 19 touches, 10 marks and three goals, and yep. some great, uh, great snap and some great marks. One of my favourites, Schofield, just, you know... I guess he's going to be spending more time on the waffle because he can't be given a spot in the Eagles for some reason. I would have him on a wing. You've said Partington. So that's where we're going to be differ. Yep. Um, I'd, I thought Partington, if anything, might have come in as a replacement for Ryan in the small um, pocket role that he played last year. But I guess if he keeps going and doing what he's doing at the East Perth, he'll get his chance again. Well, yeah, I'll, we did a poll on the page, Next Generation page about Pardon, so I'll try and leave a lot of my thoughts on him till then. Um, but, yeah, he's doing exactly what he wants to do, so I'll talk mainly about ones you've already touched on, like Fraser McGuinness. Mm. I don't think it really matters how he performs in East Perth. He is a great waffle player. He's a brilliant waffle player, but he's not a great AFL player. But and see, that happens a lot, and we don't... But every time he's come to the Eagles, like last year, he played a few games. He did. He played pretty good. I thought he did his role. What he was asked to do, and he did it. Servicing. He did okay. But then people, oh, he needs to stay in there. And then they brought Petrie back in from injury, and Petrie performed better. Now another player we touched on, and I'm a huge fan of Brander. I just can't wait for the supporters to actually see this kid because we're talking about a teenage kid here who's a power forward. Power forwards aren't midfielders. They don't hit their prime when they're 24. They hit their prime when they're 27, 28. That's what happens with these tools. He's already taking great marks, kicking goals. So he would be ahead of Fraser McGuinness. We've got Oscar Allen coming back. 
uh, in a week, he won't. You know, he'll take a lot of time off. Even that's even if we do see him in the scenes. But I'll put him ahead of Fraser McGuinness. We've already touched on Waterman. How great Waterman's playing. I put him ahead of Fraser. Yeah, but McGuinness, I only have him filling in if Nick Nat or Scott get injured. Well, that's it. He'll get his role from an injury. He's not going to be able to force no. his way into the side. That that's the. But point it's pleasing to, to see that he's playing good footy and oh, he's impressed me heaps. Um, it's just good to note that the lowest amount of um, possessions was 15 by any of the Eagle-listed players, so that's pretty good. Yep. And I don't know why this kid has been left in reserves to play football, because Callan England should be in that league team. Callan England, he's a project player, wasn't he? He should be I still think, in the league. Yeah, I was saying what Warren, but... At Claremont, he played Colts and league. I, yeah, I understand that, but yeah. the Eagles looking at him as a project player. They're going to build this kid into something great, I think. So th- I don't think they're in a rush... Maybe it's just seniors. maybe it's because it's a personal favourite of mine. I want to see him yeah, in the league. So if you had your him. way, it'll be England on one wing, Schofield on the other wing. Sco- uh, <laughs> England would be in the uh, team already. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let we go to the what's of you uh, segment we have on our social media page on the uh, Next Generation podcast page and the Next Generation group discussion page. One of them was two players. Every Eagles once one of the last history where um, Liam Ryan or Tim Kelly. But because we went Oscar Allen, we couldn't pass up somebody like that. So the thing was, who would you pick? And most of the people were picking Liam. I didn't get the actual results down. I forgot to put them down. But uh, Liam was ahead of Tim mate, by a long shot. It was about, I think, 81% yep. to 19% one time. Um, and it's amazing because yeah. if you had said that at the start of the year, everyone would have said Tim Kelly. Yeah. But let's cut the but fat But they play here. different roles. Let's cut the fat here. I kept that PG rated for the listeners, obviously. <laughs> um, it's going to be a biased poll, that one, because we got Liam and we didn't get Tim. But if you break that up, it's a hard one to say. Will Tim Kelly go down as one of the greatest midfielders in the competition? No, no. he won't. He's great. I want him at the Eagles. But Liam Ryan, could he possibly one of the, be the most one of the most dynamic and one of the greatest small forwards in the competition? There's actually a chance. I'm not saying it will happen, but I'm saying there's a chance. So right there, you've got stark contrasts again. You know what I mean? So realistically, that poll's actually not too far from okay. the truth. So even though it's the Eagles one, they're going to pick the Eagles player. Um, yeah, I think, well, you're comparing a midfielder to a forward. So you can't compare them so head-to-head. You've got to compare them in their positions. And in their positions, Liam Ryan will be the, one of the greatest small forwards. I know for the Eagles, he will be. Right. Overall, he made. Well, what I've seen, if we, if you didn't have the injury, would be all. We'd just be talking about Liam Ryan anyway, and how good he is. I asked my daughter uh, yesterday, "Who's your favourite Eagles player?" Liam Ryan. He's played three games. He's already the kids' favourite. And that's going to be it because that's the same with my son. Um, you would have heard a big hit on the microphone. That was me head button up with the <laughs> headphones. So sorry about that. I was looking for some stats for the uh, polls that we did. Uh, one of the other ones was uh, Partington, 21 disposals, followed by 33 disposals and two goals in the game. Is he knocking on the door to get back into the Eagles? And I'm trying to find the results, and I can't 49 find 49 to 51. It was 49. This is why I didn't so, want to touch on it before, because i got a little bit to say about this myself. Well, you, you have your say, man. Have my say. <laughs> um, we talked about a revolving door. This kid needs a game. If you kick 21 disposals... And kick a goal, you're a goal kicking midfielder. If you follow it up with a 33 disposal game and kick two goals, I think you deserve your chance. Um, 
But that's why I had him coming in as a pocket replacement for but Liam Ryan. This is also something I wanted to touch on. I don't like that because I'm sick of them playing players at East Perth a in a certain position, yeah. then bringing them in the side, playing them in a different position, out of position, you could say, and say, oh, he's not having the impact you wanted. It's like, well, of course he's not because it's like he's starting his apprenticeship anew. Um, but I think he needs to go. Who goes out? I don't know. Um, you could drop a one player and shuffle the team around. But he needs to come in and we need to see... I agreed with you at the beginning of the year where you need to give these young players a few games, yeah. you know, get because But there does need to be a slight revolving door. Now, two of my personal favourites, I've said this podcast a lot of times, is Venables, Rioli. I love these kids. And even before the year started, I was raving about saying, you got to watch these kids, you've got to watch mm. these kids. Because they're not first-year players. Again, they are technically first-year players. But they were drafted, not last draft, the one before. So they're a little bit older, and Rioli's a mature age player anyway. But do they need to go back so someone else to, can get a game eventually? And I'm like, oh, I love these kids. I want them to play. But realistically, that you can't rebuild your side with just sticking to certain players and not blooding anyone else. Now, I'll get off Partington, who, as I said, like I want him to play, and we'll move on to a, another player we've touched on before, Nelson. Nelson's not blowing the world apart for me. So... Here's another one that they're sticking with because they want to give him game times. To me, he needs to be dropped. And this will not be a positive thing, but as we said, Watson on the weekend had 21 disposals, eight marks and four tackles. So why isn't Watson getting game just to blood but, another player? But maybe they've been told you've got four games. Let's see what you've got. Yeah, but is, I think, I think no, three is ample opportunity. Yeah, but there's no good just getting a player. And I, I like the revolving door um, scenario. And we're going to speak about two other players in a second. Um, there's no good just getting a player and going, oh, well, you got you play two good weeks, you're in. Putting them in, they have a shocker and then they drop them again. So unless we know all the specifics, I, I agree totally with you. Nelson, I'd say if he doesn't do anything this week, he's going to have to make way. For either Cole or a Watson, or another player. Same with a couple of other players that you know Venables. If he he had the one good game, he got the three goals and he had the twelve possessions. Last week he didn't do much. There must be a cutoff point where like this is what we're going to give you a time. Arioli, he hasn't set the world alight with goals, but he's doing the one percenters. Now he'd be on a one or two like he'd be like you need to step up now. Liam Ryan's gone. So he's out. You need to step up and produce some of the goals. Rioli's funny because he's playing in the midfield. He's playing half forward up the ground. He's, he's not playing close. up the ground, but um, he's still got a he's still got a role to play. And if you're not fulfilling your KPIs, as they say in the business yeah. world, I, that's where I'm coming down. I like the revolving doors, but I think you can't just bring him in and then drop him back. Bring him in and drop him back. I think three games is enough, though. I don't think that is bringing him in, dropping them out per se. I think. And I'm not saying drop them all. You'd make one change. Yeah. Let's get another debutant in. Let's see what he can do. Well, he might come in and blow the world apart in his first game. you know, Or he can stay stuck in East Perth. I'm saying you can't... And I brought this up, and it's not even youth. I said this about every player. You can't get a game on name. You can't get a game saying, right, you're Venables, really, you're Daniel McCormack's favourites. You, you get a game. And I think three's enough. You've given them enough. And I'm not saying... I use them as example. I don't actually really yeah, but... want Venables or Rioli. To be honest, I, if, if it was my opinion, 
Nelson would be out. Duggan comes in, he goes back to the half-back. And I want to see bloody... Sorry, I'm off topic here. I've lost his name. Partington? Partington in. So he gets a goal on the wing. Well, Gaff's see, playing in the middle. And you shuffle it around a bit. Well, I'm just going to chuck in two other guys' names because this was in the next poll that we did. Um, who's going to be the next person to come in as a small zippy forward? <laughs> and you just say in Partington, yeah. you've got Petricelli and Ainsworth. Now, 59% said they'd rather Ainsworth in before Petricelli. Now... You've put Petricelli, Ainsworth and Partington into the mix. They're all pretty going to be playing a pretty similar role within the Eagles' senior side, even though they play different roles at Royals. If you had to go on there now, I reckon they'd be putting... If I was a selector, I'd be going Ainsworth over Partington and Petricelli, even though, personally, I like Petricelli over all of them. All right. I'll, I'll tackle this question in two parts. <laughs> uh, the question... That the poll's about. Ainsworth, I have over so He hasn't performed yet coming back from injury. Uh, selectors, ha- he didn't play last week because he's emergency. And yep. I'm, I'm a bit old-fashioned where if you don't play last week, you go back. I don't like bringing in. And it's no fault of Ainsworth because he's been playing great footy. He just didn't play last week because he's yep. an emergency. Um, but then if I selectors had on, I'd put Partington in over all of them just because he has performed. He did play last week. But then Selectors had again, I'd be taking Rioli out of the midfielder and he would be playing the small pocket position. So I wouldn't be looking for a small pocket. I'd be looking for a midfielder or a half-backman. I'd be looking for a runner. I wouldn't be looking for a goal sneak because Rioli's got that already. He's already in the side. I'd move him in, opening up the half-forward, the midfield position. But can Partington play midfield at the Eagles? Uh, I know I would, he plays midfield. I wouldn't have him in the guts. He's not a big boy yet. He hasn't got that much right. But a runner, outside runner. Gas playing in the guts a lot yeah. more. So as a runner, he doesn't go on the corner. He stays back from the pack, get out to run. So, he kicks goals from so the midfield. So basically, closer. where this is coming to is my question, is my favourite player, Schofield, finished at the <laughs> Eagles? Um, in your opinion, is he finished? Because if he can't get a game, there's some... I don't know. They, they should have delisted him. It's, like a, it's said. a brutal business. Or got him going. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. They may keep him on the list because, sadly, Insurance? Eric McKenzie. That's exactly. Eric McKenzie may be done. It's a horrible thing, but sometimes they're not releasing what it is. Foot injuries. If they don't heal right, you can't play footy. How, turf toe it was. Uh, it was a turf toe. But see, they might mm. say he could have had a break, a broken foot. Mm. We don't really know. Um, you look at Trengrove from Melbourne now plays for Port. Now, he was a kid, and he was out for three years almost, not having an impact because of a foot injury. Mm. Now, he's young, so you can manage to keep them in an AFL system, hoping they get over there. A senior player like McKenzie, you can't do but that see, with. This is where everyone falls back, that Schofield is only insurance as a backman, and he can't be played anywhere else. I wouldn't play him. Like You're not going to like and hearing this? You're saying gaffs into the guts. That opens a position up for Schofield on the wing. You're not going to like this, Warza, but... I wouldn't play him anywhere else for the pure fact, not because of his capabilities, not because he can't do that position, not because he won't be successful in that position, but he's an older boy. And who have we had? We've had Petrosalli, we've talked about. We've had Partington, we've talked about. We've had Ainsworth. We are, people we need don't to temper have their... To, you yeah, don't but we're have a rebuilding to teach him. side. You don't, yeah, we're rebuilding. 
but you don't have to teach him. But we're we're going to disagree on every, know, we're going to disagree on Schofield, be... and this could go. We could do a whole show on Schofield, <laughs> and hopefully one day Stay I'm going to I'm do... going to get Schofield on the um podcast. on the show because I know he does his back chat podcast, and I'm going to ask him the same question. But just quickly, I don't want him off the list. I do feel for him, yeah. and I agree with you that he's wasted on our list. But you hit on the head his insurance. Okay, guys, we got um. Technical difficulties with this week's uh, podcast. So this is part one. We'll be bringing you part two straight away. So hopefully you download that one as well. Thanks. This is Next Generation. Catch ya with part two. Craft leads the charge. Now Nelson beautifully read by Shepard. 